this moment, I am bothered by my shirt because it is covered in blood. It smells bad and is sticky and is not soft anymore. I got it from being hit with a sword. In the future, I want to improve this by becoming a great fighter so that I can be better at protecting my friends. If I keep getting hurt, then eventually I might die and then I can't protect them anymore because I'll be dead. Unless I come back as a ghost, like in that movie, but instead of making clay pots, I can fight anyone who tries to come for my buddies. Love, Hudson. The day you have your counseling session, Hudson, is in the middle of the day on Tuesday. You walk into Ember Dew's office, which is off of her classroom, the classroom that you all had detention in. And her office is, the walls are painted yellow. There is a small desk, but that's pushed off into the corner, pressed against the wall, and the chair on it is facing it. Instead, there are two armchairs facing one another. One has this patchwork floral pattern on it, and the other one is leather. Ember is sitting in the flowered chair and wearing a pair of horn-rimmed spectacles that she lowers and takes off. She's looking at a report and says, Hudson, please have a seat. Thanks. He's a, a little tentative because he's never been in detention before, so he didn't know if this was like, if he's in trouble. So he's just kind of like, uh, okay, he sits down. So I looked over your, well, what you'd written, and uh, it does occur to me that you were covered in blood that day. I had assumed it was something from blade practice and that you were fine, as you did not seem to be injured. But it seems that something else may have happened. What exactly caused this physical trauma? Uh, Ed Hudson very visibly balks at this question. Um, as so often, whenever people ask him what happened, he's like, I don't know how to lie about this. He's like, uh, I got into another fight. And then he just kind of looks off to the side and blinks. So what this letter tells me, or my best interpretation of it anyway, is that you have a protective streak and it often gets you put in harm's way. And that, that worries you. Well, yeah, because what if I can't protect my friends or my family? Hudson, may I ask why you have this deep-seated urge to protect your friends and family? Do they often, are they often in danger? Are they often at risk? Uh, some more than others. You know, I think Ollie gets himself in a lot of trouble. Uh, but, you know, sometimes people are just being mean and I gotta... I don't know, I don't like just sitting around while people are mean to other people. It bugs me. An admirable trait. However, I worry that this manifestation of, you know, justifiable anger and desire to protect others may bring you to harm someday. Well, it's okay if I get hurt, you know? Is it? Yeah. Because then it means somebody else didn't get hurt. That makes it good. Hudson, you need to be able to care for yourself as much as you care for others. 
you have value as well. Yeah. And while it is admirable to put yourself in harm's way to protect another, however, you can't defend your friends from every threat that happens. Not every enemy can be fought with fists or swords or guns. Hudson looks uh, both frustrated and also sad at this, but he doesn't argue. He just kind of looks down at his feet. It is good to help others, but if you truly wish to help them, you must be equipped to fight these battles in other ways, not just with your swords or your fists. And on top of that, you also need to see value in your own life. Well, yeah, I take care of myself. That's why I go to the gym all the time, so that I can stay fit. Hudson, Hudson, that's not what I meant. Uh, my diet's really good. Hudson, taking care of yourself is more than just about the physical. It's about the emotional. It's about making sure that you have not made yourself into a doormat for lack of a better term. A doormat? Hudson, do you often find that there are people in your life that do not truly know you, that enjoy being around you for different reasons, but may not actually know who you are? Well, it's not like there's a lot to know. I'm an open book. Are you, Hudson? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't have a lot of secrets. I'm not very good at keeping them. Hudson, how many true friends do you have that you feel know you well, that know you for more than just, well, we were primed on some of the aspects of your family and so more like warned. It seems like that might be now knowing you a bit more, a cause for you to be used by others. Are there any people in your life you feel that took advantage of you or took advantage of the things that are around you? Hudson is concentrating. It's clear that this is not an idea that's ever occurred to him before. And he's kind of struggling to figure out both what it means and whether or not it actually applies to him. Um, I, I don't know. Sometimes people ask me for things, but it's easy to give them the thing, so I do it. What kind of things do they ask you for, Hudson? Well, some of my friends need, like, a, a ride, or they need, like, money, or they want to borrow something, or, you know. And it's always easy to give it to them? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't it be? I have plenty, you know. Yes. However, if you were to stop giving those things, or to say no, would those same people still speak to you? I, I don't know. I've never done that. Perhaps at some point you should try. Just to see. What? Well, that seems kind of mean. It's not mean to establish boundaries, Hudson. It's well healthy for both yourself and your ego and basically everyone. Everyone has limits. But everyone should have limits. But what if I want to give them the thing? Then you can, absolutely. But if it ever occurs to you that this is something that you don't really want or something that you don't really want to do, you should see what happens if you say no. And the reaction to that will tell you more about those people than you giving them anything will. Well, I guess I never thought of that. There is more to this world than people that want to take from you. Even when you have a lot, sometimes it's nice to have others give. 
Yeah. Well, my mom and Dougie, they give me all the, all the things, basically. They're great. And then, Cecil and I used to be really close when we were little, but uh, their, their dad died, and then it was like kind of hard to get a hold of them, and, and then I stopped trying, and I, I feel kind of bad about that, actually. Uh, Do you wish to make it up to Cecil? Yeah. I don't really know how, but I think we're trying. I think we started. So, Cecil, do you feel that they are someone who would, you know, react differently if you said no to something? Uh, I don't know. They usually don't ask me for anything. How many people in your life do you have that don't ask you for anything? Uh, Dougie. And... My mom. Most of the people that work at the house don't ask me for much. Uh, Suri doesn't really ask me for anything either. Ollie, I think, sometimes needs my help because he's really little and things are heavy, so I help him out. Is that it? Uh, yeah. I think so. Hudson, I would like you, when you leave here, before the next time we meet, which we will, I would like you to think about the others in your life, besides those three. Past friends, current friends, acquaintances, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever have you. And ask yourself, have they only taken and have they given anything back, including true friendship? And we can talk about that next time. Well, okay. I'll try. Thank you, Hudson. We can meet in one week's time. Okay. This was really nice. Thank you. It was pleasant. I'm happy to listen to you anytime you need me. Alright? Aw, thanks. You too. Ember looks a little concerned about that, but shakes her head and just says, Thank you for the offer, but uh, I think I'm good, darling. Okay. I'm here if you need me. Alright, Hudson. Now... Run along. Hudson gets up and waves and then goes. And that's where we end that counseling session. <laughs> <laughs>